This series was produced by Reuters Plus. Powerful stories start here. Welcome back to the Financial States of America. I'm Brian Falchuk, author, speaker, and a veteran of the financial services industry. And I'm Christian Mitchell, Chief Customer Officer at Northwestern Mutual. And today we're back to talk about how periods of market volatility or economic uncertainty impact our financial decisions and behaviors. We're going to be joined by Peter Hooper, who's the Vice Chair of Research for Deutsche Bank Securities in New York, and before that spent 26 years on the Federal Reserve Board in Washington, D.C. And we're going to be discussing how you can make the most of your money when the outlook is most uncertain. Financial uncertainty means many things to different people, but I don't think it ever means something good to anybody. Christian, what is your view on that? Financial uncertainty, it encompasses so much. And as we think about recent history, we've faced so many market moving events from the 2008 great financial crisis to the pandemic to the banking turmoil more recently. All of that has driven headlines that can disconcert consumers. And so we find ourselves in a unique and precarious moment across the country and across the world, and it has implications in so many corners of our lives. And this has led people to feel this sense of general uncertainty in their personal circumstances, financial or otherwise, frankly. So whenever we are met with these periods of uncertainty, it presents opportunities to reflect on our financial patterns and behaviors, but also to take stock of where we are, where we're going and where we want to be and plan accordingly. So if we're looking at a time of uncertainty, and I think there's you know a lot of discussion around that right now, what can the average American do to make sure they're prepared? Normally, when we face uncertainty, particularly financial uncertainty, we go to very tactical moves. I'm going to stop buying my Starbucks or I'm going to trim some budget thing somewhere. Uh, and we'll talk about all of those because those tactical moves can be very important. But I believe actually the place to start is to revisit your goals, your hopes and dreams. Now, hopefully folks have a detailed comprehensive financial plan that they can review uh, because dealing with uncertainty, it involves, as I mentioned, making some of these tactical moves. But you really want to do those interventions in the context of where you're going. You don't want to make a short-sighted decision that may feel expedient in the moment, and then a few years later, you end up really regretting it. And so this is a place where a financial advisor, I think, can be just be incredibly helpful. And I can't emphasize enough the importance of having a financial plan in all times, but particularly when you are facing a highly uncertain future. So, Christian, you mentioned that there are tactics people can take. What's the number one thing right off the bat that someone should do? First off, I think it's always good to revisit your budget, you know, really understand what you're spending money on. And it, it makes me reflect a bit on COVID. So during COVID, we didn't have, you know, all of the regular outlets for our spending. We tended to hunker down. And then we, as we emerged from COVID, people slowly started to spend again, but they were more deliberate about what they were spending their money on. They were they made better choices, better trade-offs. And so I think when we face un, uh, economic uncertainty, it behooves us to take a little bit of this like zero-based budgeting approach. Uh, I think at times are things that we spend money on without much thought that we could cut out and save some money for ourselves. Yeah, COVID was absolutely a crazy time for everyone and changed so many of the things that we did and how we did them, like our spending patterns. But the first tactic coming from that, as you're saying, it's sort of analyzing whether we really need something or taking a more mindful look at our spending. What else can we do, Christian? Another tactical item is to make sure our risks are covered. So that can take many forms. 
having an emergency fund, that rainy day fund, if you, if you have a stumble in employment or et cetera, something that you can fall back on, but also having appropriate insurance coverage. In the event that something tragic happens to a family, GoFundMe is just really not a viable option to take care of loved ones. Watch your debt. Again, it's relatively obvious, uh, but people do still get tripped up on that. So watch your debt, watch the rates of your debt, have a plan to get out of a high rate debt uh, if you're faced with that. And lastly, and I think this is actually the most important is to stay invested, particularly for our younger consumers. We will go through periods of market volatility. You can make that volatility work for you over the long term if you stay invested in the market, because as we know, you really prepare for retirement. You build a strong financial plan through decades and decades of strong decision making. These are really great ways to make sure you're financially healthy. And I, from my own experience and hearing about things that so many people go through, you know, thinking about how many Americans don't even have $1,000 in savings. Uh, the way interest rates have hit people and, you know, they've gone up and that's great if you have a savings account, not so great with all the debt that you face. And so your, your point about watching your debt and sort of rethinking it and seeing how you can shift it or pay it down where, where you're able to really, really valuable. How can people ensure that they're making the choices that are right for them today without sacrificing their happiness or long-term financial security? Yeah, I would reiterate the importance of having a financial advisor and having a financial plan that forms the strategic backdrop for all of those decisions. And I, I think one thing that relationship with a financial planner, uh, one way it can drive a lot of value is to help someone think through scenarios. I think we as humans, we tend to think about a static future when in reality, we face many, many you know, possible future scenarios. When we might retire, what might go on with the economy, you know, providing financial support for aging parents or for kids. And one of the really powerful tools a financial advisor has is helping consumers think through those various scenarios. In essence, stress tests those hopes, dreams, goals uh, in light of the uncertain future. I, and so I, I think that is a mechanism that's just so powerful to kind of balance the day-to-day decision-making with these bigger, longer-term financial decisions. Yeah, I can think of a number of times my financial advisor said something to me and I was like, I hadn't thought of that. <laughs> and, you know, really glad he brought it up because it was something I should have thought of, but I didn't have the background or the knowledge to even, you know, have considered that. So that having that experienced, uh, you know, brain that's seen a lot more than I've seen in this in this context was invaluable. Financial coaching, you know, we we use the term financial advisor, but you could add so many other words to what a great financial advisor does to capture the the true depth of that relationship. Christian, let's pause our discussion there and let some of that guidance really sink in for people. And I want us to change gears and talk to Peter Hooper, who, as we mentioned earlier, has many years of experience with the Federal Reserve and has also been advising Deutsche Bank on global economics since 1999. So he's seen, you know, a lot of these moments of volatility that you and I have been talking about. Peter, it's great to have you on the show today and to have this opportunity to sit down and chat. And one of the things we'd really love to explore is how to cope with financial volatility and uncertainty. Two words that unfortunately, I think so many people are uh, becoming quite used to hearing and feeling, and we're trying to help them a bit with that. 
Um, and, and obviously something you know quite a bit about. So I'd love to, to pick your brain a bit about that. It's uh, no question. People have gotten used to volatility because it's uh, been a lot higher over the past year uh, plus than it uh, was for quite some time previously. Um, the, the, the stock market, bond markets peaked um, around the turn of 2021-22 and uh, dropped sharply in the first half of 22 and have kind of waffled around since then. Uh, we, we, we warned uh, early on, very early in 22, that the Fed was going to have to be a lot more aggressive in dealing with inflation than anybody was thinking at the time. Uh, and indeed, uh, in March that year, they began to raise rates. And because they were behind the curve, uh, they did so aggressively. Uh, and that certainly affected things. Then, then, uh, then you know, in, by March, the, the, the war, uh, Russia's invade, invasion of Ukraine was underway. And, and that uh, certainly... Um, hit hit markets pretty hard. Uh, so so there've been a number of things that that have affected the markets, and and uh, the landscape for investors has not been has not been anywhere near as favorable for the last year as as it was uh, prior to 2022. So if if you missed the turn in the market in early 2022, uh, you've had to put up with some some uncomfortable times looking at your monthly statements. Uh, uh, there have been some good news and there's been some bad news. After, after a string of bad news early in 2022, it's been sort of up and down. I'm not expecting this, this investment environment to start to look a lot better. We're not going to get back to our previous peak uh, in early 2022. So, Peter, in, in your view, what does the market look like today? What's the situation that investors should know about in the current investing environment? The market is today, I think, uh, has been in a bit of a holding pattern. It's been moving sideways for actually uh, the last year since the big drop in the first half of 2022. We've had ups and downs. We've had a number of shocks that have affected things along the way. Uh, more recent in, in uh, this past spring and summer, we certainly had the, the banking stress and crisis in the U.S., the uh, debt ceiling uh, brouhaha. Uh, which in, in inevitably uh, affects uh, financial market uh, as they got close to the the deadline there. Um, so I'm I'm expecting the market uh, not to be a really friendly environment until the Fed has gotten its job done. Until we've gotten out of the woods on the inflation problem, uh, and uh, it's looking like we're uh, into an expansion mode down the road. So, Peter, in a recent study we conducted at Northwestern Mutual, we found that two-thirds of U.S. adults expect the economy will enter into a recession this year. And among those, one-third say it will be short-lived, a little bit less than a year, while one-fifth think that it could actually be longer than two years. And I know publicly there are different experts who weigh in with different opinions on this, including some who say we may not even have a recession at all, and we may have some sort of soft landing or Goldilocks scenario, as they say, coming out of the Fed Reserve hikes. But I'd really be curious to hear your reaction to all of that. Well, yes, uh, this has been quite a debate. Uh, we, we've actually been very strongly on the side of recession. Uh, in fact, we were the first bank on the street to make that call well over a year ago, early April 2022, when we uh, realized the Fed was going to have a lot of work to do to deal with the inflation problem. Uh, if they were able to do it with a soft landing, that would be unprecedented. We've, we've never seen that uh, occur before. Uh, and I have to say that we, you know, we, we, are, we are seeing uh, some signs of slowing. 
certainly the the housing sector has been in the doldrums and business investment is uh, is now being hit um, uh, the early the early signs that fed rate hikes are beginning to bite um, but our expectation is that we, we will go under recession by the fourth quarter this year um, and uh, that there's going to be a mild recession moderate by historical standards it'll it'll last probably several quarters to the middle of next year and by that time inflation will have come down so Peter when you talk about a soft landing I think for a lot of consumers, that perhaps beyond that point, they've already been feeling the impact of financial recession and inflation, certainly. And the research is showing that three out of four people expect a potential recession to have a high or at least moderate impact on their near-term and long-term finances. And they're making adjustments to bolster themselves or prepare for that, cutting costs, building up savings, even postponing some larger expenses or life events. What's what's your take on all that? Well, Households are being wise. I mean, it's, it's really not very often you, you're able to anticipate a recession this far in advance. It's been a long time since we've had this kind of inflation problem. People know the Fed's got to deal with it. Rates are going to be high. It's going to be a painful time financially. And uh, when the time comes, people are going to lose jobs. We, our estimate is we, we think that the unemployment rate's going to have to go above 5% into the 55 range. That's more than 3 million people losing jobs in order to ease up the, the, the stress in the labor market enough to, to bring wage and price inflation back down to desired levels. Um, so uh, households are doing the right thing. Uh, you, you need to save. And it's that, that caution that helps actually move us into, into the downturn, in, into the recession. Peter, there's there's one thing in particular people called out in the study that was fascinating to me because it, we all lived through, I think it was 2021 when we hit peak gas prices, you know, seeing over $5 a gallon pretty regularly. I remember being excited when I saw four something and I felt like that was a good deal. And of course, that's a terrible spot to be in. Um, but gas is still on people's minds. Do you think that it is about these sort of specific items and, and gas in particular, or are these concerns justified, or do you think this is a broader issue? The price of the pump has an outsized impact on every household, just about. Uh, you know, you see it uh, immediately. You go fill up the car once a week, once a, you know, once every couple, whatever it is, it, 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 it's been painful. Uh, now, prices have come down a bit uh, recently. It's gotten a little, and starting to go back up maybe a, a little bit, but... Uh, uh, I have to say, I've, I've been around this a while. Uh, I've been a, a professional economist, I hate, hate to admit it, for five decades now. Uh, but I lived through the, uh, the gas, major gas crises in the 1970s. Uh, we had several that, that drove inflation to the very high, very high levels. Uh, and no question, the issue at the pump was, was, was number one in terms of impacts on not, a, not just your weekly uh, uh, budget, but but your anticipation of what's going to be happening to prices going forward. That and, and prices at the uh, grocery store, the supermarket, uh, have outsized impacts. Obviously, we've covered quite a bit of difficult territory today. And so I'd like to just linger a little bit more on a positive element here. What do you think are some of the bright spots in the markets or the economy today? And where might there be some opportunities for people? I think we're in the middle of a, a, an economy that is slowing down. Uh, it's hard to find a lot of bright spots just now, but uh, certainly as we get 
into into a situation where the Fed has succeeded in bringing inflation down as as the unemployment rate, after the unemployment rate has risen, uh, I look for a pretty strong rebound uh, uh, pretty much across the board in the stock market. Uh, I would expect to see uh, uh, corporate credit yields, bond yields come down, so the bond market's going to be looking a little more attractive as well. If I have new money to put in the market long term, I would expect stocks to take a bigger hit than bonds as the economy goes into a recession. Uh, so looking at some of those higher long-term yields, uh, a bit <clears throat> perhaps attractive. But uh, once we get into recession, stock market often bottoms midway through. So it's it's, it's tough to call the bottom, but uh, uh, I'd, I'd be looking to buy at that point. Yeah, it has to get worse before it gets better, but it does get better eventually. When you think about priorities that, you know, in light of, of all of the uh, the volatility that we've been talking about, for the average American, what should they be prioritizing when it comes to their personal finances to protect them from some of that volatility and put them in a good position as things come out of it? Well, uh, as you noted earlier, households are becoming more cautious. They're saving more. They're anticipating bad times in the economy, and that's that's an appropriate thing to be doing. Uh, I would be cautious. I would, uh, in terms of investing, I would stick stick with a long term view. If you, if you miss the turn in the market uh, a year and a half ago, uh, not this is not the time to start playing trying to play the market. Uh, I would I would uh, you know stick with a long term plan hold hold on to my uh, my my funds and uh, look for the day when the economy is going to be returning uh, to more normal pattern after the Fed has completed its job. Well, excellent. Peter Hoover, thank you so much for bringing that expertise that helps people through these difficult moments that they may be thinking about or, or being concerned about. We appreciate you joining today. Thank you for your wisdom. Thank you. There's been so much to cover in this episode, just like last time. Christian, what would you say are our money milestones for this week? Yeah, for this week, there are three things that come to mind for me. One, hoping for the best, but planning for the worst. The best financial decisions are always made as part of a long-term comprehensive financial plan. Secondly, conducting regular check-ins on your financial health. The best antidote for financial anxiety is information, context, and understanding. And now is a good time for anyone to take stock of where they are and determine if any adjustments might be appropriate. And then thirdly, and this has been one of the most powerful themes of our discussion today, is getting good advice. If anyone is still feeling uncertain, a financial advisor can help free people from financial fears by helping them build a plan as part of their long-term financial security. I've learned so much this week about how to handle periods of financial uncertainty. And next week, we're going to take a deep dive into how AI is transforming the future of finance. That's right, Brian. We're going to be speaking to Professor Vasant Dar from the Center for Data Science at the Stern School of Business at NYU, who will have some brilliant insights for us. Oh, that sounds great. And until then, I'm Brian Falchuk. And I'm Christian Mitchell. And this was the Financial States of America. Please be sure to visit financialstatesofamerica.com for more podcasts or subscribe wherever you're listening to this one. Thanks, and we'll see you back next time. Northwestern Mutual is the marketing name for the Northwestern Mutual Life Insurance Company and its subsidiaries in Milwaukee, Wisconsin, including Northwestern Mutual Investment Services, LLC, 
and Northwestern Mutual Wealth Management Company. This podcast is meant for educational purposes only and is not intended as financial or investment advice. Please see your financial representative for specific recommendations to meet your personal needs and objectives. The views and opinions expressed in this program by our guests are their own and do not necessarily reflect the views of Northwestern Mutual. Statistics quoted based upon Northwestern Mutual research. For more details, see northwesternmutual.com. Past performance is no guarantee of future results. All investments carry some level of risk, including loss of principal. No investment strategy can guarantee a profit or protect against loss.